Quick question, show of hands, how many of you enjoy waiting? <laughs> you know, waiting in line, waiting on hold, waiting for a call, waiting for the results of the test, waiting for your birthday, waiting for a holiday, waiting for a vacation, waiting for the day to be over, waiting for the day to begin, waiting for someone to come, waiting for someone to go. Waiting for a package, waiting for news, waiting for your turn, even perhaps waiting for your minister to get to the point in a sermon. <laughs> Only to say that waiting is not often imagined as a pleasant state, let alone joyful. But this season of Advent leading up to the celebration of Christmas is at once one of the more joyful celebrations in the Christian calendar, while also being all about anticipation of what is to come, waiting for what is to be. Beyond the particular celebration, or in addition to the particular celebration, I wanted to spend some time with the puzzling notion of waiting, being joyful. When I was growing up, my mother would often say, the best part of any trip is looking forward to it. Now, this would frustrate me immensely as a child. What I heard was, life will be a disappointment. It will never measure up to our anticipation of what we imagine it could be. This frustration was heightened by her adjoining sentiment that the next part, best part of any trip was coming home. (laughs) As I grew older, she used this philosophy of hers only half in jest to decline my father's um, invitation, many invitations to her to go on a real vacation, because most of our vacations when I was growing up were visits to extended family. But she would say, if the best parts of a vacation are imagining what it could be and returning home from it, she could experience those without taking the actual trip (laughs) with much less stress and expense. She was finally convinced to go to Hawaii with my father at the invitation of my father's boss and his wife who were treating them to the vacation. My mother and father had an absolutely wonderful time. My brothers and I thought, okay, we've broken the ice. She sees now how fun a vacation can be. Where will you go next, we asked her after she described some of the fun, funny and fascinating things they had experienced. What will be your next vacation? Oh, it could never be that good again, she said. (laughs) We'd be comparing it to this and just be disappointed. So there's that. But I've been thinking about my mother's philosophy this week because she was not a person that I would characterize as being disappointed by life. I've been thinking about what she said about looking forward to a trip as I think also about Advent and waiting 
and joy. Part of my confusion about my mother's statement was when I was a child was that waiting for something to happen to me meant that nothing was happening yet. Something like suspended animation, freeze frame, hold my breath until whatever I am looking forward to begins and then exhale. However, when I think back to certain events from my childhood, like those final school days before the end of a year or prior to winter vacation, I remember those days as fun. We were still in school, just like we had been for weeks and months prior, but now we were looking forward to something which made those days special, which made the classrooms shimmer, which brightened the faces of students and teachers alike. And the fact was, I wouldn't see many of those faces once the vacation began, so there was a way in which the period of anticipation of joy was a uniquely joyful experience all on its own. While I was waiting for something to happen, something was happening. Which reminds me of a popular quotation that shows up in many variations that says, life is what occurs while one is waiting for life to happen. So now when I think of my mother's words about looking forward to a trip being the best part What I hear is, enjoy the anticipation. Enjoy even the waiting. But that's easy to say, right? It depends somewhat on what you are waiting for. You may have anticipation, or you may have worry or fear about what is to come. Or you may simply want to get on with things. In a culture where libraries full of information are available in a moment, where purchases ordered by simply speaking one's preference aloud can sometimes be delivered that same day, where news is routinely delivered to us as it happens, waiting is increasingly viewed as not only an annoying delay in receiving what I desire, it is viewed as an agonizing and unjust delay in receiving what I have desired. When my computer fails to respond to a command in five seconds, I can feel a deep anger building inside. (laughs) Fifteen seconds, and I imagine just flinging it against a wall. That's not pretty. I know. I hesitated to confess this unpleasant part of me. And I don't mean to deflect from my own culpability, but at the moments I catch myself with that feeling of explosive impatience, I wonder about how this culture that seems to be hell-bent, and sadly that may be taken literally, hell-bent, how this culture that is hell-bent on providing immediate gratification has robbed us in some measure of the experience of anticipation. How much of life am I missing in my refusal to wait? 
and my refusal to understand waiting as a necessary, even beautiful part of life. And I don't mean to romanticize this. There are many kinds of waiting. And sometimes I have chosen to wait in ways that have not served me or those around me. I have waited expecting that I would somehow magically recognize the right time somewhere in the future to express my love for someone, to seek understanding, to risk vulnerability. Somewhere ahead, this time will come and I will know. Once I finish all this stuff, the way will clear and then, and then I will address what really matters. In other words, I procrastinated not just on finishing tasks, but on living. And because of the way that I wait, that tendency to treat life as freeze frame on hold, because of the way that I wait, I have come to think that I have spent far too much of my life waiting to be ushered into the right time, waiting to recognize the right moment, waiting for that magical thing to occur just ahead that will arrange circumstances so that I can fully live. I have come to think that I have spent far too much of my life holding my breath. That's no way to live. That's not even a way to wait. But this way of waiting that diminishes our engagement with life is not the only way to wait. There is a waiting paired with anticipation that greatly enhances life indeed may be crucial to living as fully as possible. Now I know Ram Ram Das famously encouraged us to be here now, and that is a wonderful thing to encourage. And for a while I took that to mean that the wandering of my mind or heart into the past or future caused me to miss out on the only thing that mattered, the present moment. And yes, I know that is an oversimplification of Das's teachings. But back there in seminary school, I read a book about hope in pastoral care and counseling by Andrew Lester. Hope in pastoral care and counseling and discovered something important about the role anticipation plays in our lives. This is from the book. To understand fully a human crisis, Lester writes, the future tense dimensions of that story must be explored. We must ask, how has a future story been affected? How has the not yet been disturbed or shut down? What dark cloud has drifted over a person's horizons and made it difficult to imagine positive possibilities. Opening up positive possibilities in the future dimension of time consciousness is necessary for the resolution of a crisis. There's a lot there, I know. When we feel we are in crisis, we need to ask, how has a future story been affected? How has the not yet been disturbed or shut down? 
And that last line, if we ever need a new mission statement, we should consider this. UUSLO, opening up positive possibilities in the future dimension of time consciousness. What do you think? (laughs) I saw a thumbs down out there. But really, what I gathered is that a future story is necessary not only to pull us through a crisis, but to face each day. A future story. And I don't mean a five-year plan for your personal or professional life. I don't mean a goal-setting exercise. I mean anything, no matter how small or seemingly insignificant, that pulls you into the next moment. I mean any form of the not yet that invites you to fill your lungs with the next breath, to breathe in peace, to breathe out love. Anything that allows you to breathe even when the waiting is filled with worry and to hold on to positive possibilities in the future tense dimensions of your story. This last week, I was watching an episode of His Dark Materials based on the fantasy series by Philip Pullman, and I was only giving half my attention to it as I busied myself with something or other. But a piece jumped out at me where one of the characters is describing a concept developed by poet John Keats called negative capability. And this is how she described it. A state of expectation without impatience. A state of expectation without impatience. Advent. And I was able to hear my mother's long-ago philosophy in that new form. Enjoy the anticipation, which is indeed another form of be here now. Life happens when you're waiting for life to happen. Don't hold your breath. Breathe it in. Don't miss The waiting part. So now how many people enjoy waiting? (laughs) Any? A a few converts there. Good. (laughs) My mother said the two best parts of a trip were the anticipation of it and the return home. She forgot just one of my favorite parts. Um, Though I think she may agree. And that is good companions on the journey. In that spirit, I invite you to rise as you are able and willing and join in singing number 1018 in your teal hymnal, or you may follow the words in the screen. Come and go with me.